For landlords, by landlords. The Rent Perfect Podcast with David Pickrock. Well, hello there and welcome to the Rent Perfect Podcast. Uh, Today we're going to talk about what causes evictions. I mean, something that uh, scares us a lot. Joined here by Danny Dobbins, who's had a wonderful career in the world of landlord-tenant law. Have seen thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of evictions. He's our legal counsel here at Rent Perfect. Hopefully you've watched the podcast and seen him before. Welcome, Danny. How are you doing this morning? Good to be here. Awesome. Now, being a landlord and being by your side for 30 years, I do know the number one reason for the volume of evictions is non-payment of rent, which Rent Perfect really tries to help you find the right people so we can get rid of that possible eviction. But second to that, I want to talk about over your career, what have you seen that um, has causing landlords grief? What are they doing that possibly causes um, the evictions? I think there's... there's there's a number of things. It's uh, not easy to boil down in a single element, but I think there's a lot of ignorance. Training. Okay. Um, they don't know many times what the rules are, what the laws are, and sometimes the laws and the rules are a little bit counterintuitive. Now we're talking the landlord doesn't know what the rules and the, the landlord laws are. Doesn't okay, because there's really no school we go to. There's really no big book across the United States that we can read and know everything. Correct. Right. The That's tenants, why we need you. Yeah, the tenants um, they don't know almost anything. And the, <laughs> <laughs> the landlords, you know, right. a lot of times, especially new landlords, they have, right. they struggle because you know the multifamily they get a lot of training. Gotcha. There's lots that they can go to. And forced to go to. They have to go get the training. Right. But but our client base for Rent Perfect, because we try to, to help those who are not getting that kind right. of training. Right. Um, that's a little bit different story. And so one of the biggest things, at least in my opinion, over the years, especially dealing with single-family dwellings, um, they the expectations of the communication in those expectations – Many times, the landlord doesn't explain what's in that lease, and the tenants don't really know. And so, when there's a problem, you got to go. Well, the tenants go, I, "I didn't know that," you know. Okay. And now they're trying to figure out how to make it work. So, and you've had a lot of experience with this part of, about. Okay, what do you explain to your to your tenants? What do yeah. you explain to them? So the the first thing that I come is I believe in that over communicate. Over communicate, um, uh, not about life. I don't want you talking about a lot of things outside of this this you know relationship. But it is a relationship, and so communications, like you said, I think is important. So, what I normally do is um, I give them a criteria at the very first time I show the property. So I'm communicating to them um, what I'm going to expect, and I've massaged that criteria over the years to almost be a summary of the lease, almost like. This is what I expect. These are the timelines I expected. This is going to be, you know, in the lease. But things like no smoking, things like no pets, that seems obvious. We might put them in our ads on, uh, on, on the social media or online somewhere, and we say no smoking, no pets, but they forget that. We go and we show the property. We don't hand them a summary sheet or the criteria sheet that I'm talking about. We forget to talk about pets because we figure that's already been talked about. And, and many then, times you assume they know. Yeah, yeah. And then day one we show up and 
there's an additional pet or there's an additional occupant that I didn't know about that that's moving in with them that no one no one ever talked about and so I think communication starts with showing that property and with that criteria sheet that you give them which is really becoming a summary of your lease and so when you get to your lease you're really not running into oh well I didn't know that and so I think communication really nailed it starts from the very beginning when you very first show your property or even have the conversation over the phone. Now, you don't want to pre-qualify them. You don't want to do anything discriminatory. So you got to be real careful. I say over-communicate, and then in a way, I want you to be very careful with your communications. But communications, are, I think, are something that get people in trouble. So um, I've had it where um, I show up to sign the lease. When I showed the property, the guy didn't smell like a smoker, Right. But when I show up, he's sitting out by his car, and I'm ready to go release with him. I'm like, he's a smoker. I could have killed that a long time ago. And now I have to say, you realize you can't even smoke on property, not just in the house, because I think he was under the impression, I won't smoke in the house. I'll smoke on the back patio. or in, But my lease is nowhere on the property. And, uh, and so we had to have that tough conversation. And we're already far down the road. I've already passed up a couple people that wanted to rent my place thinking I already have my next, what I call my business partner, my, my next tenant, um, because my communications wasn't crystal clear. Right. Well, I also like to do the same thing with the crime for addendum. I like to give that with the criteria and say, look, here's crime for addendum. Go over this because while you're here, while you're at the property, there can't be any criminal activity. Yeah, and I think that's a phenomenal add into that that criteria, and I think I'm going to take your suggestion on that. I'm going to add some crime-free language in on that criteria. You know, it's so funny. We want to communicate. We want to educate. We want to be clear on our communications, but all of a sudden we make the summary just as long as the lease, then the summary isn't going to (laughs) be very effective. So uh, other than giving them maybe the whole crime-free addendum, I think I'll add two or three sentences in there that really get to the heart of you cannot commit crimes while on this property, on or off the property. And I think that's a great suggestion. So thanks for giving me that today. I I do have uh, one story. I'll tell a story about uh, one of the cases I had with the Attorney General's office in one of the states. And uh, this was a situation where a family came in to take a tour of the property and met the manager at the property and they wanted to you know see the see the property and see if it's right. going to work for them and they came in there was a there was a a man and a woman same age okay and there were seven kids with them okay and they went to the property to tour the property and the manager said, well, I don't, I don't think we can do this. I think we've already rented this out. Um, we're, you know, he saw seven kids, you know, it's, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a two bedroom home. Right. It's a small home. Right. Yeah. We've, we've rented this thing out and, uh, you know, we're, we're not gonna be able to do this. So right. sorry, take up your time. Well, they went and filed a claim. Okay. For familial discrimination. And, they happened to be babysitting for their brother and sister-in-law. Okay. And they only had one child. The rest of them were their brother and sister-in-law's kids that they were watching while they were, you know, on vacation. <laughs> so they weren't even their kids, but the manager's they making all kinds kids, of assumptions. Making the assumptions in right. their head. And 
you know, had they had that talk before, you know, before, mm-hmm. you know, here's mm-hmm. kind of what we're going to be looking for. And, right. you know, that, and, and they said, well, we didn't want to say, are these your kids? That would, that would be discriminatory. Right. Well, that's where you make it clear. You still bring them on the tour. You still let them see the home, right. but you make it very clear right there in this document that you would give them. Well, Here's the criteria, you know, right. two persons, you know, per bedroom, per bedroom that type, right. type of thing. If that's what your criteria yeah, and, and falls is. in your state that's laws, yeah, yes, it falls absolutely. in state laws. But he could have cleared it up right there instead right. of putting himself in that terrible position right. of having to now defend right. himself with the attorney general's right. office. Exactly. So we have two people, two bedroom. It's a three bedroom. Six people can, you know, two people per bedroom. They'd really quickly go, oh, there's only three of us moving in. Oh, yeah, you thought these were my kid? No, I'm just babies. I mean, you would have really exactly. quickly done that. But I understand why people are cautious to ask any questions about that, too, because, I mean, it's just this, you know, we're dang if we do, dang if we don't in this uh, in this business. But I agree. I think communications is uh, is so, so key and, and keeps us out of a lot of problems. You know, even if it doesn't go to eviction, just having that communication with your tenant makes it a much easier and better experience than to constantly looking at your phone going, oh, here we go again, right? And, and yeah. I've had that many times where I'm just like, I just can't take this phone call right now, which, which I usually will take the phone call, but I have that thought in my head about, oh, this is not going to be, be great. Well, I've seen way too many landlords say, okay, well, here's a lease agreement. Uh, just, you know, here's the application, sign the application. We'll get the lease agreement going. Okay, we'll get the lease, get mm-hmm. the money. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going. Mm-hmm. We got a lease. Mm-hmm. There's no expectation. There's no communication. You're so concerned about getting the money for the lease. Right. It, it's kind of like the, uh, the rich guy who makes a whole lot of money, works really, really hard, and never protects his money. He just makes money, but he doesn't protect it. And so right. now he's got lawsuits going, and right. his money's just out there for the taking. And right. that's kind of like what we do sometimes with rentals is, you know, the landlord, they're the one on the hook for this property. It's right. their investment. Right. And they don't, they don't take enough charge of it to make sure that what, you know, they're, they're basically giving this asset to somebody, mm-hmm. say, you know, please take care of my asset. But they don't do anything to communicate that to the You know, resident. and I think that's a good point because over the years, you know, I've always preached that we wear two hats. We're, we're an investor and we buy the rental property. So we want to invest our money. So we're really good. We're like, yeah, I want to invest my money. I want, to, I want another piece of property. I want to get the appreciation, the rental, all this stuff. And then a lot of times we don't like to take that investor hat off and become a property manager or a landlord or whatever you, your designation is. Because um, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it takes time. And, hey, how fantastic is it to have an investment that you put on autopilot and never have to deal with? And you can do that to a sense, but starting this relationship needs total communication, over-communication, all the way through showing the property, giving them a criteria, getting them ready to move in. Everybody needs to be completely on the same page. And then I think you go over the lease with them. I have them, even though I have them digitally sign the lease, they sign every single page. Now, whether they read it or not, I can't make that happen. But I make sure we are completely on the same page before I give you the keys. And at that point then, I can kind of put it on autopilot. 
But if you put it on autopilot at the beginning, like you're saying, hey, here's the whatever, whatever, just get in, here's your money, get in the lease, you might find that that causes you some problems down the road. So um, other than non-payment of rent, I think your communication and your documentation, documenting everything is going to get you the most trouble uh, in those evictions that usually are non-payment of rent type of misunderstanding evictions. And I know you've seen many of those. And I know you've seen many of those because your lease covers a lot of that. That you've made over the oh, years. Right. Uh, it's a 35-year lease. <laughs> so, you know, you want to, you just right? keep adding things yeah. to the lease. Every time you got a problem, yeah. you want to make sure that this is covered. Right. Both parties are supposed right. to know now. Right. You assume that they read it all. Yeah. Very few people read the whole lease. Very few tenants read the whole lease. But it's their responsibility. We can't, you know, we can't do it for them. No, absolutely. But I think very few... I think the same people aren't going to read a three-page lease that aren't going to read a 37-page lease. So you might as well have one that covers you when you need it. So there I am on my communication and my lease requirements uh, on my rentals. And if this sounds good, implement it into your rentals. I think I'm going to add some crime-free addendum into my criteria. Thanks for that suggestion today. And then we're going to try to tamper the criteria down. We don't want it to become a 37-page criteria because then we ha- absolutely are going to have the same problem. So criteria should be to highlight your communication that you really want to highlight. No smoking, no pets, timelines, no, cr- no criminal activity, you know, and then let them read the boilerplate lease later with all the other fine-tuned uh, kind of rules and regulations. I-, I will tell you one thing about doing it the way you're talking about doing it and helping landlords understand that's how it needs to be done is that if you do wind up getting in court with a situation on a particular issue, you're going to be able to testify, you know, judge, this is something we discussed early on. Right. Even before they entered into the lease, I explained this to them. We talked about it. They said they understood it. We talked about this specifically. Right. You know, and that's going to go a long way where somebody says, well, I didn't know about that, you know, because you have right. some judges that say, oh, well, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't right. read it. They didn't know. Right. Um, no, it's more than that, judge. Yeah. We, this is something specific that we cover because this is the very thing that we don't want to happen. And here we are today. And it happened because they chose not to take the advice right. and not to follow the rules. Well, I, if, if I went to court, then the way I manage it with your honor, when I first met them, I handed them a copy of this criteria, this summary of the lease. I had them initial it. Exhibit one. Exhibit one. The very first day we met, this was in front of them. Exhibit right? two. Right. Exhibit two. Here's the lease. Now, this is a little bit more extensive a document, more legalese kind type of stuff. They signed every page of that, you know. And what is the defense on that? I mean, uh, I didn't read it. I well, It's not a good defense. I mean, the judge is painted into a corner. He's like, I... I really like the defendant. I'd like to help him, but there's such a case here <laughs> that that yeah. I can't. I've, I've got a rule for the the landlord, no matter what. Yeah, the happens. only thing and that so. a judge could could do is if if something in your lease just totally absurd, totally unreasonable, total unreasonable burden on the tenant. Right. A judge could say, "Yeah, that's great, but I'm not going to enforce that." Right. But we don't do that. Everything we do is reasonable, straightforward. In English, we right. don't do legalese. You right, know. right. We want the the tenant to understand exactly what they're about to do. Right. It's the whole idea. Yep. So if you do this, you will have great relationships um, with your tenants. 
I'm not saying you're going to be best friends. I don't want you to be best friends, but to, to lay out that communications and be, you know, on the same page will greatly benefit you. And then it will allow you to put it on autopilot later. So you don't really have to think about your rental once it's, it's uh, going and they're just paying your rent. So we thank you, Danny. Appreciate your, your advice and yep. all those years of uh, service and then give us all your great, uh, you know, uh, paragraphs in the lease that, that protect us landlords. And uh, until next time, continue to rent. Perfect.